This week, we're going to be finishing up the servant song in Isaiah 50 with the last two verses. So I'm going to read those, and if if you guys will, if you'll stand in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10 and 11. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all you who kindle a fire, who equip yourselves with burning torches, walk by the light of your fire and by the torches that you have kindled. This you have from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. As we go through, uh, my sermon in a sentence is this. The Lord's servant divides the world. Therefore, we must obey his voice. The Lord's servant divides the world. So we must obey his voice. And my outline is this, if you take notes. First, we must obey the voice of Jesus. Second, we must rely on God. And then finally, we must not go on our own paths. Or scripture puts, we must not walk by the light of our own fire. First, we must obey the voice of Jesus. Then we must rely on God. And we must not go on our own paths. So jumping right into it, first, we must obey the voice of Jesus. Sometimes, maybe even often, Life is full of gray areas. There are many times when I'm giving my kids instruction on how to accomplish a task, and I've shown them a way to do it, but there are many ways to get that task accomplished. Lots of ways to accomplish something. And so they're free to do it however they want, as long as they are doing the the task. However, there are other times when I am asking them to obey. I'm giving them an instruction and I'm saying it's time to pick up. Now, they only have two options. They have the option to obey or they have the option to disobey. The choices are clear and each choice comes with consequences. There are blessings in obedience and there are consequences in disobedience. But there are only two choices there. As we get started, I want to make things very simple and straightforward for us. When it comes to Jesus, there are only two choices. We can either obey him, believe in him, and obey his voice, or we cannot believe in him and disobey his voice. It really is that simple. Many things in life require nuance. Certainly, many things in Scripture require nuance. But here, we are confronted with a reality that really is black and white. Jesus divides the world into two categories. There are those who are with him, and there are those who are against him. There are those who believe, And there are those who don't believe. 
There are those who fear the Lord and those who are self-confident and self-assured. There are those who obey his voice and there are those who disobey his voice. Scripture, over and over, gives these two options to God's people. In chapter 4 of Genesis, God talks to Cain. And he says, Cain, listen to my voice. Do well. Obey. Or sin will devour you. Before the people of God entered the promised land, Moses gives the Israelites a choice. Who will you follow? Will you follow God? Who will you obey? After they enter the promised land, after they conquer it, Joshua again gives the same option. He says, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will look very soon at the same choice that Elijah gives the Israelites. He asks them, what God will you serve? How long will you go on limping between two options? Jesus himself says, whoever believes in me will have eternal life. And whoever does not will perish. It really are, it really is that simple. There really are only two choices when it comes to Jesus. You can take him for who he is, or you can reject him and go your own way. Taking Jesus for who he is, believing in him, trusting in him, comes with what is said here, obedience. When you hear his voice, you can either obey it or not. There is no only taking parts of Jesus. There is no cafeteria-style Christianity. There are many of us who want to say and like to say, I really like the part about eternal life. That's great. Forgiveness? Fantastic. Love? Wonderful. I like the part, at least in theory, about loving your neighbor as yourself. I think it's a good idea to care for the poor and the sick and the needy. All of that is fantastic. I just don't like it when Jesus gets personal and into my personal life. I don't like that he, likes to, that he tells me to give up my life and live all of life in submission to him and to his voice. I don't like that Jesus cares about my sexuality. I don't like that Jesus cares about my thought life. I don't like that he tells me to cut off my hand and gouge out my eye in order to avoid sin. I don't like that he takes love my neighbor to the point of sacrificing my time, energy, and money when it's not convenient for me. I don't like that he tells me to love my enemy. I think the world would be a better place if all my enemies were gone. I don't want to pray for those who persecute me. I want to destroy them. 
This will not work. We must take Jesus for who he is. And we must obey his voice. We can't choose what we want to obey and disregard the rest. And of course, of course, we're not going to like all of what Jesus has to say. He is God and we are not. But we are faced with the same choice that my children are when they don't want to pick up. We can either obey the voice of Jesus or we can disobey. Now, at this point, if you're like me, you're probably feeling something like, but Jesus, I can't. It's too hard. You require too much. Even when I'm trying my best, I fail. I don't know where to start. The Bible is full of commands. And Jesus, my life is a wreck. Or, you might be thinking something along this lines. Well, this is just what I expect from church. A list of rules that I have to obey or God will be mad at me. God is just waiting for me to mess up and then he will bring down the hammer. All this is, is a list of rules and commands. Well, I want to I be clear on the two choices. But I also want to start where Jesus started when he began his public earthly ministry. This is from Mark 1, very beginning of the Gospel of Mark in verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the core message Jesus came to proclaim. So when you listen to the voice of Jesus, when you obey his voice, listen to this. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent. Admit your own sin. This is easy in the hypothetical. This is easy in terms of, well, everyone sins. Nobody's perfect. We're all just human. It's hard in the specific. Don't downplay it. Don't make excuses. Don't paint yourself in the best light possible. Well, if this didn't happen, then I wouldn't have done this. Don't blame others. Don't even blame the devil. Neither of those excuses worked in Genesis 3, and they won't work now. You and I must take an honest look at our lives as measured against God and his standards. And we must repent of our sin. We turn away from our sin. We recognize that evil leads to destruction. So we turn from it. And then we believe. As we turn away from our sin, we turn to God. We turn to the warm embrace of the grace found in the gospel. There is forgiveness in the blood of Jesus. His death pays for my sin. 
Not my hypothetical everyone's sins sin, my personal and specific sins. God did not just ignore my sin. Jesus died for it. The voice of Jesus calls you, come and die to sin so that you can truly live with him. He says, I know you can't obey. I know you can't keep it perfectly. I obeyed for you. Trust in my death in place of yours. Take my life as your life. And as you do this, I will transform you to be more like me. I will sometimes gently, other times not so gently, tune your heart towards obedience. I will show you the evil of your sin, and I will show you the beauty of obedience so that you want to obey. I know that it will be hard. I know that it will be painful sometimes. I know sometimes you won't want to, but Jesus says, I will be with you. I will work in your life for my good pleasure. These are our choices. This is your choice. This is my choice. The Lord's servant divides the world into two categories. It is my prayer that we will listen to his voice and we will obey him. As we do that, Secondly, we must rely on God, particularly, as this passage talks about, in times of darkness. Verse 10, the second part of verse 10 says, Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. In the summer of 2018, there was a worldwide news story about a soccer team that was stuck in a cave in Thailand. Do you guys remember this? It was massive, right? We were all engaged in the outcome of this soccer team. The team had entered in their coach with their coach, and while they were exploring, the cave started to flood. The rain came early that year, and the team became trapped with rising water. Once it was discovered that the team was, in fact, in the cave and that was missing, the search and rescue began, at first not even knowing if they were still alive. The search eventually involved thousands of people. Yet, it came down to a group of recreational cave divers. No one else was able to navigate the dark and treacherous watery caves. As this small group of cave divers searched for the boys, they made a guideline for them to be able to find their way back. Eventually, the team was discovered alive, and then began the challenge of how to get them out. The cave was so dangerous that even experienced Navy SEALs had difficulty. In fact, even one Thai Navy SEAL died during the weeks-long rec- Uh, rescue operation. 
Eventually, a plan was hatched to rescue the team. They were going to put the boys to sleep and carry them out unconscious in the cave. This happened in, in during the plan and then during the rescue. This involved many trips back and forth from the outside to the place where the boys were trapped. Eventually, they, all the boys were brought out, and it was a happy ending. They were safe. And of course, the people were interviewed about what, what it was like, and then documentaries had been made, and uh, were still obsessed and, and fascinated by it. One of the things, though, uh, is the divers reported about those trips, is that it was pitch black. Apparently, when you're diving underwater in a cave, which I will never experience, Lord willing, you can't see. Even with light, it's dark. You can't see. The water is too murky. You have no idea where you are. You have no frame of reference. Which way is up? Which way is down? Which way is forward? Which way is backward? Left or right? You don't know. So these, these group of experienced recreational cave divers, they relied on their lifeline was this guideline that they had placed. They always kept a hand on the guideline. If they let go, they wouldn't know where they were. They wouldn't know how to get, get back or how to go forward. In an incredible place of fear and darkness, they had to trust the line. Jesus is that lifeline for us. As we obey his voice, we can and must rely on him. There are going to be times in life when we walk through darkness. There will be times in life when following Jesus leads us into darkness. When we walk in darkness, we can rely on God. He is faithful to never leave us or forsake us. You might have different times of darkness. Jesus certainly did. He started his ministry with a time in the desert without food. Then right after that, he had a time of great temptation where he experienced the full weight of temptation, yet endured. He had times where others tried to hurt him, he had times where he was rejected in his own town. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he had a time where he needed to submit his will to his Father. A time of such great darkness that his sweat was like blood. He had a time when one of his closest friends betrayed him with a kiss. He had a time when all his friends abandoned him. One of who went even so far as to yell and curse that he didn't even know Jesus. He had times when he was wrongly accused, times when he was misunderstood. Finally, a time where he was beaten and killed and had the full wrath of God poured out on him. So, when you walk in darkness, you can be sure that Jesus understands you. 
He understands what you are going through. And you can be sure that Jesus is there with you. You will never be alone. Even if you feel like you are. Darkness is dark. I don't want to paint a picture that says, yeah, there's darkness, but really life is just peachy. You may be going through sickness, the loss of a loved one. You may be going through relational trauma. You may be struggling with doubts or feelings of abandonment or anger. You might be in a time of instability financially or with work or with family. You may not know what tomorrow will bring. You might be scared and are worried. The darkness you are facing may be really dark. But I know this. If you are in Christ, you are not alone. You can rely on your God. He is with you. He will not forsake you. You may not know which way is up or down, left or right, forwards or backwards, but you can rely on the Lord. I want to read an excerpt from the famous book Pilgrim's Progress. John Bunyan writes an incredible story about the journey of Christian from his, on his way from the city of destruction to the celestial city. During this journey, Christian encounters many trials. In this particular spot in the book, Christian walks through a place of deep darkness. So it's a longer passage, so bear with me. I say bear with me. It's a beautiful passage. Um, Bunyan writes, I saw then in my dream, so far as this valley reached, there was on the right hand a very deep ditch, a ditch is it into which the blind have led the blind in all ages, and have both miserably perished. And again, behold, on the left hand there is a very dangerous quagmire, into which, if even a good man falls, he can find no bottom for his foot to stand on. Into that quag King David once did fall, and had no doubt therein been smothered, had not he that is able to pluck him out, pull him out. The pathway was here also exceeding narrow, and therefore good Christian was the more put to it. For when he sought in the dark to shun the ditch on one hand, he was ready to tip over into the mire on the other. Also, when he sought to escape the mire without great carefulness, he would be ready to fall into the ditch. Thus he went on, and I heard him here sigh bitterly, for besides the dangers mentioned above, the pathway was so dark that oftentimes when he lift up his foot to set forward, he knew not where or upon what he should set it next. About the midst of this valley, I perceived the mouth of hell to be, and it stood also hard by the wayside. Now, thought Christian, what shall I do? And ever and anon the flame and smoke would come out in such abundance with sparks and hideous noises that he was forced to put up his sword and betake himself to another weapon called all prayer. So he cried in my hearing, O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Thus he went on a great while, yet still the flames would be reaching toward him. 
Also he heard doleful voices and rushings to and fro, so that sometimes he thought he should be torn in pieces or trodden down like mire in the streets. The frightful sight was seen, and these dreadful noises were heard by him for several miles together. And coming to a place where he thought he had a company of friends coming toward him, sorry, fiends coming forward to him, he stopped and began to muse about what he had best to do. Sometimes he had half a thought to go back. And then again he thought he might be halfway through the valley. He remembered now, also, how he had already vanquished many a danger, and that the danger of going back might be more than to go forward. So he resolved to go on. Yet the fiends seemed to come nearer and nearer. But when they were come even almost out at him, he cried out with a most vehement voice, I will walk in the strength of the Lord God. So they gave back and came no farther. One thing I would not let slip. I took notice that now poor Christian was so confounded that he did not know his own voice. And thus I perceived it. Just when he was come over against the mouth of the burning pit, one of the wicked ones got behind him and slept up to him off softly and whispered, suggested many grievous blasphemies to him, which he thought had proceeded from his own mind. This put Christian more to it than anything he had met with before, even to think that he should now blaspheme him that he loved so much before. Yet, could he have helped it, he would not have done it. But he had not the discretion neither to stop his ears nor to know from whence these blasphemies came. When Christian had traveled in this desolate condition for some considerable time, he thought he heard the voice of a man going before him, saying, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Then he was glad for these reasons. First, because he gathered that there was someone with him who feared God in the valley. Secondly, for he perceived God was with them. Though in that dark and dismal state, he didn't see it. Thirdly, for that he hoped he could overtake them and to have company by and by. So he went on, and he called to him that was before, but he knew not what to answer, for that he also thought he himself to be alone. And by and by, the day broke. Then Christian said, He hath turned the shadow of death into mourning. You may have times in life when you are in great darkness, like Christian. You may be unsure of your next step. Will you land on solid ground, or will you fall to your demise? We walk by faith, relying on our God, because even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil. Why? 
not because we are strong, not because we know the way, not because we can handle anything that that comes against us, but because our God is with us. We have a great high priest who understands our pain and darkness and who is with us through it. God has given us the lifeline in times of darkness. He has given us his word. Through it, we hear his voice. He has given us his church, which can walk with us through the darkness and comfort us. And most importantly, he has given us his spirit that is always with us, directing our steps even when we aren't sure where to step. When you have the Holy Spirit, there is light on the other side. You will not walk in darkness forever. I don't know how long your darkness is or how dark it might get, but I know because God himself has said so that there is light coming. So I encourage you, as I encourage me, as you walk in darkness, rely on your God. And finally, we must not follow our own path. Our own ideas and our own light will lead to suffering and it will ultimately lead to hell. This is verse 11. Behold, all you who kindle a fire who equip yourselves with burning torches, walk by the light of your fire and by the torches that you have kindled. This you have from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. This is the other option. We can choose to listen to the voice of Jesus or we can choose to disobey and go our own way. When someone is walking in darkness and they choose to trust trust in their own wisdom instead of relying on God, that's disobedience. Humanity has been doing this since the rebellion in the garden. We have done what is right in our own eyes. God has shown us the outcome. Going our own way will lead to torment. After the garden, humanity went its own way all the way to the flood where God wiped them out. Then, in our own human wisdom, they went on their own path and built the Tower of Babel. And again, God gave them result of torment. Abraham and Sarah, who often trusted in the Lord, took their own path, lit their own fire, and followed that light all the way to Abraham sleeping with Hagar. The result of that is unbelievable torment. The first time Israel had a chance to enter into the promised land, they trusted in their own wisdom and said, these people are too great for us. We can't win. The result? Torment and wandering into the, in the desert until that generation died. In the book of Judges, there's just one cycle after another of people lighting their own fire and walking on their own path. 
using their own wisdom that leads to torment and destruction. The refrain over and over is, and the people did what is right in their own eyes. Every time we think we can come up with a plan of our own that is better than God's plan, we will end up in torment and destruction. These two verses that we're looking at today, that we looked at today, they kind of sum up one of the main themes of the book of Isaiah. God says, you will listen to my voice, to the voice of my servant, or you will go your own way. Will you trust in me? Will you trust in yourself or something else? The result of you not trusting in me, not obeying the voice of Jesus, is in fact eternal torment. This is the result of disobedience and unbelief. The Lord's servant divides the world. Where will you stand? Will you fear the Lord and obey the voice of Jesus? Or will you light your own torch and walk your own way, happily following the light all the way to hell? My prayer for you and for me is that we will trust in the true light of the world. We will follow the true way We will trust the real truth, and we will live. The Lord's servant divides the world, so we must obey his voice. As we transition to communion, I invite you and I invite me to obey the voice of Jesus to rely on him. If you don't trust him, if you aren't listening to his voice, I ask you not to come up and take the elements. Rather, hear his words and his beckoning to repent and believe the gospel. See the grace and mercy offered to you through his death and resurrection and respond by trusting in him. If you do this, I would encourage you, come and talk with someone. We have Matt and Stephanie up here at front who are ready and waiting to talk with you and pray with you and encourage you. Or, if you know Jesus and you are trusting in him, but maybe you are walking in a time of darkness and just want someone to pray with you and for you, take advantage of this time. Come and pray. As you come to the table, remember the darkness that Jesus walked in. Remember how he trusted his Father. Remember the sacrifice he made so that we can be with him. Remember and come commune with your Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we acknowledge you as God. As we have heard your voice, Spirit, I pray that you would empower us to obey. As we continue to hear your voice, 
I pray that you continue to shape us into obedient, loving people. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you, whether they're here or not here. I pray that you will open their eyes. Lord, give us the courage and boldness to lovingly speak your truth, to show that there is life. Lord, I pray for those who are walking in darkness, who are unsure of where to step, and unsure of where to go. Lord, help us to rely fully on you, to not let go of your life, of your word, of your church, of your people. Lord, we thank you for your death and your resurrection. We thank you for the hope of the gospel. We thank you for your love, for your forgiveness, and for your eternal presence with us. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Let's take together.